Happy Christmas, listeners. Uh, this is Matt. Uh, I'm here with Tom. Uh, in the words of JB from JLS, Merry Christmas. Is that a joke for the the kids, Tom? Because I don't get do, it. Do you not remember JLS? I've heard of JLS. Are they, are they the ones that do the kitchen gadgets? No, that's JBL, I'm pretty sure. JLS, <laughs> the X Factor pop group. Sure. <laughs> sure. We were, we were, Tom and I, uh, listeners, were talking about um, what we could give you all uh, wonderfully for Christmas. Uh, and I remembered that I had something uh, in my archive that um, I wanted to share. Uh, and it's sort of appropriately timed, really, for for Christmas. It's um, a piece of audio that was first recorded 80 years ago, December uh, 1943. Um, it was broadcast on the BBC Home Service. Uh, and it is a um, message from our very own uh, Professor George Burchett. Uh, he was invited by the BBC to kind of talk about his life as a tattooer Um uh, it was broadcast a couple of times over the Christmas and New Year period uh, for 1943. The text of it was published in the BBC's Listener magazine. Um, it's archived at the British Library, and uh, Tom has cleaned it up, taken away the 80 years of radio crackle. Um, and it's it's short; it's only about 20 minutes, but I think it's a you know it's a beautiful thing. 80 years to the month um, to hear the voice of. You know, one of the most important tattoo artists of the modern era, maybe ever, right? Yep. And uh, before we get into it, just want to wish everyone listening a happy Christmas. I want to thank everyone who has listened to the show, shared the show, supported us, followed us online, and just participated in this kind of weird phenomenon of a year that we've had. <laughs> we've like grown so much we're officially the best history podcast in the uk uh, according to a panel of judges don't do you agree with critics yes or no chime off in the comments but want to <laughs> uh especially thank all of you for you know making this show worthwhile like we say at the end of every episode you know without you this show is impossible so yeah just thank you have a happy christmas and a happy new year yeah, happy Christmas to you too, Tom. Happy Christmas to you too, Matt. Anyway, here's George Burchett. Supposing anyone was to ask me what, in my opinion, was the best and cheapest way of seeing the world, I'd say be a tattooist. Tattoo your way around the world like I've done. If you've got an art like tattooing at your finger end, the world's your oyster, as the saying goes. When I was a young boy, I ran away to sea. All my luggage was a little box with a little and outfit in it, needles and colours, and I was away twelve years. I made a pint of money and I saw the world. I was born in Sussex, 71 years ago, and if you may say, I was born a tattooist. When I was at school, I used to tattoo the other kids, you know, little crosses, anchors and rings on their fingers, all done with an ordinary needle and Indian ink. Many of the eyes now made for it too. Oh, their mothers were in a terrible way over it. And in the end, I was chuffed out. Well, then mum got me a nice little job under a butler in London. But I didn't like that. He was training me to wait at table and all that silly stuff. But no, it wasn't my style. 
So I ran away to sea with my little box and I got amongst the sailors and I had a lovely time. Mostly in those days, sailor had a chest gun with Lord Nelson or a picture of the lady love. Quite a big thing all over their chest with Mary or Lily underneath. Very often when they got back to port, they'd find the lady had gone off with somebody else. Uh, then I had a job of turning the picture on his chest into a Chinese dragon or a ship in full sail or something like that. In those days I didn't like doing that, but now it's just part of the business. Of course, the tattooist sees a lot of human nature, can't help it. Some ladies come in crying and saying, Oh, can't you do something, Mr. Birchie? My husband's got another lady's name on. A girl came in one day with a beautiful big red arch tattooed on her arm. She said, Oh, he's gone away with another girl. That arch, you make it all black, Mr. Birchie. That's all he's fit for. Why not have it covered with a nice rose, I said. No, she said, go on. And you must cry and fit to break her heart. Make it all black, Mr. Burgess. That's all it's fit for. Well, there you are. It's human nature, I suppose. Of course, it's not over the steamy side, we see. Since the war, I've been busier than I've ever been. You see, all these chaps in the forces, they want to look like old soldiers. You know, the old soldier used to have tattooing down in India and all over the place. And as I was saying, it's not always the steamy side, we see. The most popular design today with the forces, one I have done thousands of times, is a little bird carrying a scroll in its mouth with mother on the scroll and a spray of forget-me-not. Never father, oh no, Lord, no. Mother, always mother. There was one chap had a bottle of beer with father on it, but he had mother on the other arm. Then, of course, there's all what I call the love designs, class pens. Hearts with arrows in them, true love and such like. I do thousands of those. Of course, not all the forces are the same. They've all got their fancy. The South Africans usually have a springbok with a silver leaves round it. The Australians get a kangaroo sitting on the boomerang. The Canadians have the maple leaf. And it's Americans that have the comic idea. I do have some games with these Yanks. Oh, I like them. They are amusing, you know. Some of the Yankee sailors have all the ports. Call, what they call that, tattooed down their legs like lacings. And when they cross the Atlantic, they have a pig tattooed on their foot. Or a cock rooster, if they've been round their horn. And the funny things these chaps think of. Oh, one had hinges tattooed on all his joints with the screws and everything. And another had a dotted line put around his neck with cut on the dotted line. Oh, I had one in yesterday. He had sour and sweet tattooed in big block letters right across his chest. Very often a customer will come in wanting his old tattoos smartened up. I had one in this morning. He had a cross with a snake round it and he came in to have death to it tattooed on the snake, just to bring it up to date. Then I had another customer this week, superstitious he was, uh, a while ago now, I remember, I tattooed the old devil on his back. Large it was, all over his back, 
The devil saying in all colours and shades. Well, he came in the other day to tell you the truth. He looked a bit crazy. He said, well, do you do something for me, Mr. Burgess? Ever since I've had this here devil on my back, I've had very bad luck. Oh, you have, have you? I said, yes. You said, oh, and you've got to do something. Put a staple on my back and a chain from the staple all round the devil's legs. Chain him up. Well, I tattooed him like that and it seemed to have done the trick. Last time he came in, he had a crazy pavement on his tummy with his wife's name on every tile. He went off pop. When, when I had done it, he fainted away. It was all over the floor and I did have a time with him. They do go off like that sometimes, you know, all of a sudden. And the tallest men are the worst. And yet it doesn't hurt. Some of them say it's more of a tickle. It's the nerves, I suppose. Talking about nerves, you'd be surprised. How much tattooing I done doing the blitz. The fellows wanted to tell their girls they had been done when the bombs were dropping on London. And many's the time I've had a disposal squad in. They'd like to have a bomb tattooed on their arm. Blood groups are another thing. People have tattooed on nowadays so that the doctor can tell which one to use if they are wounded. And of course, it's quite a thing to have your identity number done in tattooing and some little thing for luck, like a horseshoe or a little black cat. One of my customers even had a portrait of Winston Churchill tattooed on his bald pet. And during the last war, I did several board patches with a picture of George the Fifth. If you were to ask me what job I enjoyed most in nearly 70 years of tattooing, well, I'd reply the work I'd done on Mrs. Burchett. Mrs. Burchett comes from Devon, and when we were walking out, she took a fancy to have her arm tattooed. I did a nice dragon on her, all the scales shading and smoke coming from his nose. Well, that was the beginning, and I gradually kept on tattooing her. Now there's hardly an inch without a design on it. Let me see now. There's some jaws and the dragon on her back, and all kinds of other things. Roses round her neck, pink with green leaves, very nice. The flags of the allies on her chest, butterflies in front, dragons and snakes on her legs, an angel on her knee, and something or the other, I can't really remember what. When our girls were babies, they were always going over the designs on Mum. They used to say so many butterflies and so many this and so many on Ma. She was as good as a picture book Ma was. But I've had some awful jobs in my time. Oh, the great old Marinier. That was a very nasty job. A major in the army he was. And he was tattooed in stripes all over, just like a zebra. It took me 150 hours to do his head. Ha-ha, oh, nearly got away without paying. Ha-ha, he's making a fortune now in America as a great Omar. His wife travels around with him, shaves his head and eyebrows every day to show the design. Tattooing a customer all over is always a difficult job. Many of the time I've done it too. Oh, but it's tiring, very tiring. I once did an old lawyer all over. He used to come to me once a month, and I was on him all day. I tattooed him completely. He had even socks tattooed on his legs, 
completely covered he was, but he wasn't satisfied. He had all in between the design colored scarlet. Funny, isn't it? You'd be surprised if you knew how many men in government and business offices are tattooed. It's a bit of romance, I suppose. There's a thing, kind of an atmosphere about you when you are tattooed. Suppose, for instance, you have a garden of Eden on your back. <coughs> That's a design I've often done with a snake, Adam and Eve, and pinch me tight, and all the lot. What a blooming lot, too. And the home of the gods. That's another very good one. Well, if you have that sort of thing, it makes you different from other people, doesn't it? Of course, some people think tattooing makes them look strong. Well, it may, and it may not. I don't know about that. Of course, there's a beauty side of the work, too. That's very interesting now. Tattooing a red nose white, for instance. I do a lot of those. I have a lady's nose to do tomorrow afternoon. A lovely little thing, too. Remove the redness. One man, I did his nose, and he said, Here, I want it nice and white. Put plenty of white in. He came back about six months later and said, Here, my nose is too white. When I get my son, it won't go brown. You had better pen it up a bit. So I tinted it up. Then he had a red nose and a white face. It takes some days, you know, for tattooing to settle down. You had better have a red, white and blue one, I said. It would be more patriotic. <coughs> then another thing I do in the beauty line, I tattoo red lips or pink cheeks on the ladies. Eyebrows and seams down the legs for stockings. On the old, I can take my word for it. Tattooing is lovely work. As I said before, if you've got a trade like that at your finger end, the world's your oyster, but mind you, it's an art. You can't learn tattooing all in a minute. Someone came in my shop the other day and asked me to teach him the business at five shillings a lesson. What a cheek. It's taken me nearly 70 years to get to where I am now, and he thinks I'll give it away at five shillings a lesson. Did you ever hear such blurring thoughts? 